Welcome. You found the People Channel Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Swab. And today on the show, I have Jim Johnson, the owner of BikeTours.com, an overall bicycle advocate. He has been helping people plan European bike tours for 18 years. That was until COVID hit. His business model came to an abrupt halt. And now one year before his retirement, he's completely reinventing his business by switching from international tours to domestic tours right here in the greater Chattanooga area. We talk all things bikes and access and his grand plans to expand the Chattanooga River Walk into a loop, joining Camp Jordan with the battlefield and into St. Elmo. He is also working on a second trail system, which would connect Chattanooga to Atlanta's Silver Comet Trail System, which he is calling the TAG. That stands for Tennessee, Alabama, and Georgia. You may want to have Google Maps pulled up for this conversation as we discuss the planned routes in detail and options for these two huge legacy projects. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Jim Johnson. Before I play this episode, as an apology, I need to address the sound quality. This episode is a little muffled as we are wearing masks. Um, and at times you may also hear weed whippers and lawnmowers, as I can never predict who and when the neighbors decide to mow their lawn. I apologize as I try to deliver the highest quality I can, and I th- will think of ways in the future to address these issues. This is an ongoing experimental podcast, and I'm learning as I go, and I appreciate you all understanding. So now, here is my uninterrupted conversation with Jim Johnson. Okay, we're recording, and I'm live here with Jim Johnson. Um, Jim, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing okay. It's a, a bright, sunny day. It's a bright, sunny day. So uh, you like to ride uh, bicycles. I do. When did that start? Uh, gosh, I must have been five or six years old. Uh, some of my earliest memories are riding uh, in, my, in my neighborhood up in, in Rhode Island, Providence, Rhode Island, uh, with my dad. And one of his best friends was uh, way before his time. This is going back you know, into the 50s and 60s. Uh, uh, he would take his bike on bike tours. He would ride his bike from Providence to uh, to Boston, uh, which is about 50 miles, take his bike apart, put it in a suitcase that he carried with him, a soft suitcase, would travel over to Europe and travel all around on his bike and then come back after a month and ride home. Oh, wow. So I had an early role model for bicycling uh, with my dad and bicycle touring with his best friend. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Now, um, flying with a bike is really um, a nuisance. Yes. Um, have you, I've flown with my BMX bike a couple times and my road bike once. Um, have you figured out any, first of all, do you know the rules? A lot of people say you can, you can't. What are the, what are the rules as you understand them with flying with a bike? It really varies from airline to airline and maybe depending on which way the wind is blowing that particular day. <laughs> and who's at the desk. And who's at the desk. Uh, we have had approximately 30,000 clients, uh, go on European bike tours. I think, and this is in almost 18 years, three brought their own bikes. Mm. Uh, they're excellent rentals that the companies we work with over there have. So there's no need to bring a, bring a bike. It's plus if you're, you know, if you're going over, let's say you're going to Berlin and going on a bike tour from, uh, let's say Berlin to Prague. Where do you, what do you do with your bike box and how do you get it to Prague? Yeah. <laughs> and things like that. So 
it's just easier not to not to easier and typically dramatically less expensive not to bring a bike with you well let's let's just jump right in those tours there um mm-hmm. um so how how does it all go down um you have your website you pick mm-hmm. out a tour um and you and you you rent the bikes um what are the bikes like um are they set up for you your style of riding what about luggage is there support mm-hmm. vehicles all that kind of stuff sure yeah and uh yeah, I started the company about uh, almost 18 years ago. Uh, BikeTours.com is uh, both the name of the company and the website, and uh, which makes it easy to remember. Yeah. And uh, really what happens is right now we have about 150, 160 tours on our website. Interestingly, all the tours are still operating because Europe is open. None of our clients who are Americans can get there. Yeah. Uh, because Europe is closed to Americans. Uh, but uh, f- for um, the, the lucky people who are over there, what, um, well, first of all, let me start with saying that we're a different model. We're one of the largest bike tour companies in the world, but we don't operate any bike tours. Hmm. Um, the, uh, what we do is we partner with small local bike tour companies all around Europe uh, and offer their tours to our clients. So it's, uh, you know, rather than us being the ones uh, booking the hotels and moving the luggage and having the guides and, and meeting people for orientations and so on and so on, uh, we don't do that. The local, uh, our local tour partners do. And uh, we work with about 70 of them. Yeah. So, so, you know, from their perspective, we're the North American representative. From our client's perspective, we're in many ways a very specialized uh, travel agent. Yeah. All we do is European bike tours. Yeah. Uh, nothing in Asia or um, Central America or anything? Uh, we tried for three years, and after three years, 98% of our clients were going to Europe. Yeah. So it didn't seem to make sense uh, to focus on uh, you know, the 2%. Uh, we also, uh, at the time, did try representing bike tour companies in the United States. And um, yeah, what we found was that most of our clients or potential clients was just as easy for them to contact the local companies. Yeah. Uh, you know, they didn't need us. Our sort of unique, um, benefit and advantage to our clients is, uh, you know, especially going back 16, 17, 18 years when, you know, the internet was still relatively new and buying on the internet was new and, and dealing with foreign companies was relatively new. Uh, you know, we made it easy for, for clients, to uh, find European bike tours. We would work with them to make sure it was the, the best tour for them based on their preferences and interests. Uh, and we, and uh, yeah, we really didn't, um, uh, I, that's something that Americans didn't need with American companies. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you know, now, life is a little bit different given the pandemic and um, you know, given that Americans aren't able to go to Europe, and even when they are able to go to Europe, they may not want to mm-hmm. for you know out of safety uh, concerns. Uh, and you know what we're hearing repeatedly is that tourism is going to be for a long time one of the hardest hit industries uh, and take the longest to recover. And within tourism, international tourism is going to be the hardest hit and longest to recover within the tourism 
uh, uh, industry. So, uh, you know, that's a little bit scary for a company that has 100% of its operations or of, it, of its tours in Europe, which is why uh, you know, we started looking inwardly, so to speak. And at the same time that we're hearing that it's going to be, uh, you know, 2022, 23, 24, before international tourism comes anywhere close to 2019 levels, all those people who might have been or would have been traveling internationally uh, are going to be looking domestically and even regionally. Uh, uh, you know, so that it could be, some people are saying that even in 2021, domestic tourism and regional tourism will be at levels uh, above 2019 uh, you know, even in 2021 and 2022, it will be even, even greater. So for, you know, for that reason, uh, you know, among some other reasons, we really, uh, you know, decided, uh, you know, to look within our region and develop, uh, some domestic, uh, bicycle tours and specifically within the Southeast where interestingly, there really aren't a, a, a lot of commercial bike tours. You have some in Florida, you have you know, Blue Ridge Parkway. Uh, you have uh, you know, the 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 coast, you know, through the Carolinas, and a few other other tours. And you have some pockets of of tours, uh, you know, day tours in um, in Atlanta, for example. But uh, you know, so you know, not only did I see that there's a uh, um, you know potentially a huge market, but it really looked like there was no one working to meet that market. Mm-hmm. You meet that demand, so uh, yeah. It, I turned sixty-six in March. I was planning to retire, and uh, I had some key employees who were going to run my company, and I would continue to, you know, take some money out of the company as part of my retirement. Yeah, you know, um, COVID sort of changed all that. You know, instead, uh, I have uh, nine employees who are laid off. Um, you know, we're treading water, sort of going in hibernation mode with our European operation. And uh, instead of retiring, I'm starting a, a brand new business. Yeah. Does that make you nervous or how do you, how do you feel about having to do that? Um, it's a combination of emotions. Yeah. I mean, certainly nervous. You know, any, anyone who starts a small business under the best of circumstances uh, should be nervous because it's a lot of work and, and they don't always succeed. Um, but I'm also really um, incredibly excited because for most of the last decade, I've been doing, you know, promoting this region uh, for bicycle tourism uh, as an advocate. Uh, uh, I worked on the United States bike route system uh, that uh, ultimately will be 50,000 miles of routes connecting all of the United States. Uh, um, I worked with putting together teams of people who uh, uh, established U.S. Bike Route 21, which goes from Atlanta to Chattanooga. Uh, likewise, uh, uh, 21 continues on to uh, uh, Knoxville and will likely be authorized by the federal government uh as a U.S. bike route within the next six months. Uh, U.S. bike route 121 goes to, to Nashville. 
also within next six months, we'll probably get authorization there. What What does that mean, authorization um, by the government? It's um, uh, the the U.S. bike route system is administered uh, by the American Association of State Highway Transportation Officials, uh, which uh, you know the acronym is ASHTO, and uh, you know which is related with uh, which is is not so much part of the Federal Department of Transportation, but representative, sort of the, uh, an overall uh, national association of all the state uh, departments of transportation. And uh, part of the U.S., you know, to keep the U.S. bike route system from just being a free-for-all, mm-hmm. it's the, the authorizing body. So what happens is uh, either volunteers or organizations, whatever, work on determining the best routes for uh, within a certain corridor let's say chattanooga to atlanta um and then uh you know we you know we vet it with with people who live along the route and bike clubs and bike shops and so on uh and then when we've determined okay that's the that's that is the optimal bike route then every municipality along the route needs to say okay we're fine with it going through our community they don't need to do anything they just have to say you know we don't mind bicycle bicyclists and bicycle tourists uh coming through and ultimately bringing money to our community yeah uh with, you know with bicycle tourism tourism is a um you know a really strong benefit especially you know maybe not specifically to chattanooga though it is or to atlanta though to some extent it is but if you look at all the small, you know, small towns between here and uh, Atlanta, where if you're driving by car, they get no benefit from us. Uh, but if you're going by bike, then you know all the all the cities and towns along the way have the potential of of um, benefit. So then all the cities and towns along the way they say, okay, we're good with it. That goes to the State Department of Transportation that then signs off. And sends it, uh, you know, up to the the federal level, and uh, um, on a day to day basis, it the sort of the volunteers are coordinated by Adventure Cycling Association. Do um, do these routes then get signs placed every so often, or how do the cyclists find? What's the advantage uh, from the cyclist point of view of um, having these uh, routes, these optimal routes, uh, mapped out? Yeah, you know, some states do have signs. Uh, uh, Georgia and Tennessee haven't come up with those signs yet. The hope certainly is that they will, but it, uh, they're all on uh, Ride with GPS, so you can download them mm-hmm. and, and follow them. Uh, and probably the you know the biggest benefit is that uh, you know the routes are curated and vetted, so you know, they're on road for the most part. Some aren't, but uh, most are on road. Some are on greenways. Um, but you know that it is in all likelihood, first of all, the safest, most beautiful, not necessarily the most direct, sure. but not something that's going to be taking you from Atlanta uh, uh, to Chattanooga via Miami, for example. Right. Um, and uh, uh, also, one of the things that we look at in, in, in mapping out a route is places to stay, places to eat, places to go to the bathroom. Um, and, uh, because it's not just about the cyclist experience, it's also about, um, 
you know, with the restaurants and the hotels and the supplies and the snacks and everything else, it's about bringing money into, uh, into the communities. And there's a, uh, there's a wonderful animated, uh, video that, uh, uh, folks can Google it. Uh, it's on YouTube. It's, uh, how bicycle tourism saved small town America. Hmm. And it's, a um, really a, a dramatic economic impact story. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I've been, uh, I've been working on and off on us bike route for probably six or seven years. And I first got involved with it. Interestingly enough, when, uh, after I'd been working for a couple years on, uh, what's called the silver comet connector, yeah, mm-hmm. which would connect Chattanooga, uh, to the silver comet, uh, down, you know, uh, which runs to the west of, uh, Atlanta to the, uh, Alabama line. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's an exciting project that has had its ups and downs, uh, more downs and ups because you have to do things like uh, negotiate with the railroad, negotiate with the you know the communities that it would go through. Because some people love the idea of greenways, other people don't. Normally, once a greenway exists, everyone loves it. I have never heard of anyone not lo- loving a greenway. Um, you, you'd be surprised, actually. The um, uh, the South Chickamauga Greenway, yeah, which is incredibly popular, yeah. Uh, had to be detoured somewhat because a development uh, didn't want the greenway going along the river through uh, adjacent to its property. Oh, Kingsport. Is that what that neighborhood's called? Uh, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to (laughs) say. Sorry. Well, I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) That's funny. Um, By by that Stucci Farms place or whatever. Yeah, and what's really interesting is that people in that uh, non-disclosed development... Yeah, as soon as the <laughs> as the greenway went in, yeah, all of a sudden, people who lived there started cutting holes in the fence yeah. so they could access the greenway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, had it gone through their property, what's really interesting is uh-huh. that economic impact studies across the country have shown that if you have a greenway, especially a you know a longer greenway, yeah, within a quarter mile of your property, your property value goes up on average four to seven percent. Just because of the greenway. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. I love greenways. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I mean, I agree with you. Who shouldn't love a greenway? Yeah, I mean, it's like kittens. <laughs> Unless you have an allergy. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. who doesn't like kittens? Right. I may have kittens on my mind because I, I I just adopted two kittens and found one found one during a bike ride. So I've, I'm now a five cat. I'm that crazy guy with five cats. Uh, yeah, that's funny. And seven bikes. Five cats, seven bikes. <laughs> We, um, I have a, there's a neighborhood cat that's trying to get me to adopt it. I, I, mm-hmm. I give it some milk every night outside and, uh, you know, it's uh, already adopted you. Yeah. <laughs> it keeps poking its head in the garage. Um, so I, I've been working on this connector concept for a long time. Yeah. Uh, starting what's called the tagline, which is Tennessee, Atlanta, Georgia rail line. Yeah. That goes from basically the South side in Chattanooga, um, uh, ultimately into Alabama. Yes. Uh, the part that that we're looking at most directly, and we actually had a meeting two weeks ago with a lot of folks in Walker County where the tagline spends most of its 
most of its time close to Chattanooga. And uh, so it would go f- potentially from, you'd be able to continue from the Riverwalk mm-hmm. uh, in St. Elmo, go down the Virginia Avenue Green uh, 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 Bikeway, and then uh, hit the rail line. The, uh, the abandoned the, rail the, line. The abandoned right rail yeah, line. Yeah, I know that Actually, one. technically speaking, it's not abandoned. Oh, okay. uh, someone uh, owns, yeah. Uh, it's uh, because it's, the things I've learned about terminology and railroads, uh, you know, we don't want the railroad to abandon a rail line because then uh, that is a whole set of different legalities and 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 things you have to look into. Like a hundred years ago, who owned that property before the railroad took it over? Oh wow, <laughs> things like that. So what we uh, what we want them to do is declare a discontinuance, a discontinuation, and then that allow allows us to do uh, something that's called you know, uh, rail banking, which is where we would lease the, uh, the rail corridor, um, from the rail line, the, you know, the train company. And let's say 15 years from now, five years from now, whenever, uh, the, uh, uh, the railroad says, well, we need to track, we need the, uh, the rail corridor again, because there's some industry coming in and we need to do this, this, and this. So, we need you to give us back the uh, the corridor. We're going to dig up the asphalt, put down tracks again. Uh, and in all the history of rail banking and literally tens of thousands of miles of, of rail trails around the country, that's never happened once. Yeah. Uh, because um, who doesn't love a greenway? Yeah. And <laughs> the this... pushback from the community would not be. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and also what very quickly the the various cities and towns and counties realize is the economic impact of bicycle tourism uh is greater in many cases than you know if a factory came in Mm. um and you know putting off to the side all the other benefits you know the health of uh, you know their you know their residents um you know the ability to uh you know safely commute to work or to school Things like that. What can you tell us more of that route? Yeah, the the tagline uh, goes from uh, uh, you know, from Chattanooga into uh, Flintstone. Yep. Uh, into Chickamauga, not Chickamauga, the 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 town, you know, sort of the the historic town, mm-hmm. uh, but skirts it, uh, it really paralleling uh, Route One Ninety Three. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, eventually cuts across uh, uh, and goes to uh, Kensington, mm-hmm. which is uh, sort of the north end of uh, Mclemore Cove. Uh, if folks are familiar with the Pigeon Mountain Grill, uh, the Pigeon Mountain Grill, uh, if you were to go into their backyard and then back a few hundred more yards, the tagline goes right through there, yeah, know, that uh, goes abandoned. behind them. Yeah, that railroad. Uh, and then uh, it actually uh, continues through a tunnel that goes through Pigeon Mountain that still exists. Have you ever walked through that tunnel? Uh, I've talked to people who have. <laughs> have you? Uh, no. Okay. But it, That's it, your story and you're sticking to yeah, it. Yeah, huh? but it ends up in some guy's backyard. I'm sorry? What? It ends up in someone's backyard. Yeah. Yeah. Do okay. you have access? If you get the um, greenway, would you have access all the way through that tunnel? 
Uh, if if we were to do it, yeah. Oh, um, that's fantastic. Yeah, uh, and then from there it goes to Lafayette, mm-hmm. um, or in the direction of Lafayette. At that point, the tagline itself veers off to the southwest, mm-hmm. uh, and we would need to connect via other um, methods because what's happened is the railroad did abandon from the other side of Pigeon Mountain down to Alabama, and you know, what you just described going through someone's backyard. A lot of people have, have legally or illegally built into the, uh, into the, uh, rail right of way. Um, so it'd be very difficult to go in that direction. So instead we would head off to the, uh, to the East toward, uh, Lafayette, uh, Somerville, uh, uh, Rome, uh, Cave Springs, Cedartown, and at that point, you hit the, the Silver Comet and, yeah. and head into Atlanta. And how many um, miles would that new trail system be from Chattanooga here to uh, when you hit the Silver Comet? It would probably end up being about 120. It depends how many zigs and how many zags. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very easy to know exactly the distance from here to Kensington because it's a rail trail. Right. You just follow the the uh the train tracks mm-hmm. um but the other scenarios since there's so many variables could go you know down that abandoned or discontinued corridor you could go uh you know along you might have to connect some places along roads or you might have to use uh right rights of way that are not rail trails but uh you know going going through a um you know, woodlands and, and and so on. Who who would be paying for this project specifically? Um, well, I was going to do a GoFundMe, but I, I figured that uh, you know, at about a million dollars a mile, I'd probably be too much. I know it's going to be expensive. Yeah, uh, I, I I keep on looking into my checking account, <laughs> and no, that's no, that doesn't no, work either. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of different sources. Uh, the federal government is a primary source. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, department of transportation, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, it used to be that they focused almost entirely on highways yeah. and now they are, they very much focused on alternative forms of transportation. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a, a 13, 14 mile, uh, loop trail in Carrollton, Georgia that was, uh, paid for, uh, initially almost entirely by, one benefactor oh wow so his checkbook was a little bigger uh yeah uh and uh actually her and and it was uh and she was on the board of um uh the national board of the trust for public land so she knew all the right right reasons to do it yeah and uh so uh she came up with the idea and came up with the money yeah um yeah, at most I'm coming up with ideas, not so much the money. <laughs> well, except with Stringer's Ridge, I came up with some money for Stringer's Ridge. Oh, how'd you get the money for Stringer's? Um, out of my checkbook. Oh, nice. Well, that's very generous of you. Stringer Ridge is a great place. Yeah, it's um, it's one of my favorite places. Uh, it uh, uh, and came fairly close to becoming a uh, a condo community yeah. with five hundred townhouses on the top. How, did you um how did how did you save that i guess from happening well i mean i i didn't save that part from happening uh-huh. I, mean, I didn't actually save anything from happening uh, uh trust for public land and hundreds if not thousands of local citizens uh made it happen 
by coming up with two and a half million dollars to buy the property. Yeah. Then what happened is the property is bought, uh, trust for public land by its own bylaws and legalities cannot hold on to property over a certain period of time. So it had always been that they would turn it over to some entity and the entity was going to be the city of Chattanooga. City of Chattanooga said, we'll take it, but you have to give us a turnkey park. You know, all the trails, all the signs, everything, you know, just, you know, give us the keys to the park when you're done. Yeah. And we'll open it. Otherwise, you can give us the park, but we're going to have to put no trespassing signs all around it. Um, and, you know, and fence the, the trailheads off because it really was unsafe. Yeah. A lot of the trails were, um, uh, you know, certainly not planned. A lot of sort of guerrilla trails, uh, you know, G-U-E. Gorilla, yeah. not G-O-R. It's, uh, <laughs> even though we have bear, black bears running through downtown, as far as I know, we haven't had gorillas <laughs> not yet. running on uh, on Stringer's Ridge. We had that zoo pretty close, though. You never know. Yeah. You never know. Um, and um, so what happened was the you know, Trust for Public Land had pulled together all the money it could to buy the property, but didn't have the money to then you know create a turnkey trail system. And I happened to have uh had a really good year with my business and in either a, a moment of weakness or a moment of strength uh, i talked to the folks at trust for public land i said well, how much would it cost to you know turn this into a turnkey park and uh and they sort of gave me the different components and uh basically to uh you know to come up with the trail system you know to build the trails you know bring in uh folks who can do the machine work that would then be followed up by, by volunteers. Uh, it would probably uh, be between fifty and sixty thousand dollars. And uh, for some reason, I said okay, and um, wrote out a check. Wow. Um, and a lot of people say, "Well, Jim must have a lot of money," and I, I don't, especially now with the <laughs> pandemic. Uh, I'm actually still paying off a loan that I took out to pay for the the money I uh, paid towards Stringer's Ridge. Oh, wow. But it's possible it was a, the short window of opportunity. And if we didn't, if it didn't happen, the park might still be closed today. Yeah. So I figured, um, well, whatever you, it takes. Well, you definitely put your money where your mouth is. That's for sure. Or someone's money. Or someone's money. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I put someone. the bank's money toward where my mouth is. Yeah, that's true. You're still yeah. paying. Um, Oh, what's the, what's the project? Can you tell us about the other project you're working on right now, which is, um, making the Chattanooga river walk, a giant circle mm -hmm. encompassing around 52 miles. Is that what the point is? 52, 54. Okay. Yeah. And it's sort of, um, you know, the same tagline project that we were talking about mm -hmm. Yeah. when the tagline is sort of parallel with the old town of, of Chickamauga. Mm-hmm. While the tagline and that project, the Silver Comet Connector, would continue to the south, to Kensington, and go on, you know, to uh, toward Atlanta, uh, what would happen in this case is it would the uh, the Greenway there would be a Greenway connector to Chickamauga, mm -hmm. and then the base uh, and the base of the battlefield pro uh, probably at that point, following the West Chickamauga um, uh, Creek. And then from the battlefield, make its way up again, following the West Chickamauga Creek to the South Chickamauga Creek to Camp Jordan. Oh, man. Where the South Chick yep. Greenway 
will shortly terminate. So from you basically, uh, you know, when the South Chick is complete, you'll be able to go from St. Elmo through the downtown area toward the dam, uh, you know, uh, toward East Ridge and Camp Jordan. But those right now are two dead ends. Yeah. What this concept would do is continue southward into Georgia uh, and add probably 24 uh, to uh, 28 miles, depending on the route, uh, and create a loop. So like a 52, 54-mile loop that uh, um, really, my feeling is it would become a huge uh, tourism, bicycle tourism draw. You know, right now the Silver Comet has a economic impact of in excess of a hundred million dollars a year. Oh my goodness! Um, and that's about sixty, sixty some miles. You know, there's a and that's not even a loop. The loop, I think, the loop has to make everything so much better. That's just a down and back. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. Now the Silver Comet is great, and I, I don't want to put down the Silver Comet. Yeah, uh, huge effort by so many people, and so many people use it, and it's wonderful. But you're absolutely right. Uh, it's an out and back. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I, it connects with another trail, another greenway called the Chief Ladiga that's in uh, Alabama. So combined, it's about 100 miles each way. And I've done it where you go from Atlanta, mm-hmm. ride your bike 100 miles to, um, yeah, um, uh, to Anniston, Alabama, mm-hmm. and stay overnight. And then with weary legs get back on a bike and go back a hundred miles yeah uh, or you can set up the shuttle I, i've done it uh, or do a shuttle i've done it with my That's friends smarter. well it's smarter but it's a pain in the butt because you have to drive two cars mm-hmm. that can hold and both cars have to be able to hold all your bikes so we right. had about six people so two trucks bike racks you set up shuttle you leave a car at one spot and the shuttle takes an hour mm-hmm. and a half two hours yeah logistically um, it's, it's uh it's once we set shuttle, we had a great time. It was two days. We, we got a hotel halfway there, but mm-hmm. the shuttle was not enjoyable. Then you had to come back, too. Right. You know, and they, then um, you know, one of the biggest um, you know, benefits is you know, it's an asphalt trail away from traffic. No cars. Flat. No cars. And it's flat. Yeah, relatively flat. There's a couple places where, you know, where they had to go away from, you know, as you know, away from the original rail corridor and go up and over but because of that just, abandonment issue yeah I mean this but it's not a it's not a big a big deal and you know trains don't like going up steep hills yeah well actually they don't go up steep hills so uh <laughs> yeah, for the it, incline. it's pretty much flat <laughs> uh um but you know as you've experienced uh you know if you if you love trees it's incredibly scenic because you were in a corridor uh, in a tunnel of trees for um the better part of the 100 miles uh you know to the right to the left in front of you behind you all you see are trees which is great i'm not putting down trees <laughs> uh but there are a lot of people if they're going to uh you know come to a destination to experience the destination they want to see things more than trees yeah and if you think about our loop yeah, uh, I am. You know, yeah, you know, looking around, you know, you know, so following the Tennessee River, looking up to Lookout Mountain, you know, and as you're following down into, um, you know, uh, into Chattanooga Georgia, Valley. into yeah. Chattanooga Valley, you know, you've got 
uh, you know, Lookout Mountain. You've got um, you just it, you know the view sheds are incredible. You're, um, uh, you know you can uh, you've got rivers, you've got streams, you have mountains, uh, and and history and you, history. You had, you had the battlefield. Yeah, Civil War history. You, um, uh, you know, obviously a lot of Native American history as well, um, and you know there's a lot of communities up and down that route that uh, you know and the potential route that uh, you know they they feel like ghost towns right now. A lot of abandoned buildings, and you know you look at where they've put similar trails, um, you know, in various places around the country it's a turning point for those communities. Uh, you know, not only do those you know, abandoned structures of stores and so on come back, but they become pockets, you know, tr- especially trailheads uh, become pockets of uh, economic development and economic recovery. Uh, it's interesting. There's a trail in, um, uh, in South Carolina called the, the, the swamp rabbit. And along the route, uh, you know, follows a, a train, a rail line, and it used to be that all the stores and businesses uh, that were along that ra- uh, train line, that rail line, the backs of those businesses and the restaurants and so on would be to the rail line, and the front would be to the street. Now, what they've determined is that the bicycle tourists are so much more interested in food, beer, etc., that they flipped it around huh. and now the front of, of their businesses are facing the bike path and the back of the businesses are to the street. That's pretty funny. Yeah. And, and it's very, very telling. Yeah. So that's, you know, so, um, you know, obviously it would be great for the people who get to ride it. Um, but you know, you're asking earlier who pays for it. If there isn't a dramatically positive return on investment, uh, uh, then, you know, it's very difficult to get funding for fun, for recreation. Uh, you can get some for health, let's say, and some for transportation uh, alternatives. Um, but you can't get the communities to say, okay, we really want to do this. Because that's the first question they ask is, who's going to pay for it? And it's going to come out of my, you know, my taxes going to go up. Interestingly, what happens is more often than not, people's taxes stay the same or go down or at least don't increase because now all these people are coming in from, from outside and bringing their, their money in and spending it and, you know, and uh, increasing the tax revenues that are coming into a city, town, or county. And uh, so even though uh, you know, the, the rail trails cost money up front and the greenways trust, uh, cost money up front, over time, uh, in a very short period of time, you know, they become cash cows. Yeah. It's, what can um, local Chattanoogans do to help help out with this project? Um, because it's just so fascinating to me. I want that to happen so badly. The um, both of them, the tag and the and the mm-hmm. the loop. Um, right now, the the best I can say is stay tuned. Huh. Because uh, there's some key people. Um, you know, Walker County is very important to the project because the tagline, pretty much in the entirety, uh, for both the uh, Silver Comet connector 
And for the, the chick chat, which is the loop, uh, the bulk of it's in Walker County. And it's not like we can just walk in and say, okay, Walker County, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. I mean, be, you know, be inappropriate, be wrong. Uh, uh, and for a number of reasons over the past uh, many years, it just hasn't been the right time for Walker County uh, to um, invest time and energy, let alone money, in, in these projects. Had a meeting a couple weeks ago and uh, getting the strong sense that you know, now may be the time, but it's up to Walker County. So we have some meetings coming up in future, uh, future weeks, coming weeks with various people in Walker County. And if they decide, okay, this is something that we want to do, then we're you know, at that point, we can say, okay, Chattanooga, you know, you know, let's, let's work side by side with our, with our friends to the, to the South and, and work toward making this happen. Um, but we, we've made a mistake for, uh, for a number of years of having a lot of people in Chattanooga who were excited about it, but not engaging and involving the folks in Walker County enough. And it's, it's, I mean, literally, you know, their their backyard. I yeah. mean, it's their you know, it's it goes through their community. Yeah, and you know, so we can't say, okay, Walker County, uh, here's what you're gonna do. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, it needs to be driven by by Walker County. Uh, again, a couple of weeks ago, I had a meeting. A lot of people got, I think, really excited. Uh, people who are in the political realm, business realm, uh, uh, active community leaders. And it was just sort of an exploratory meeting just to see, you know, should we keep going? And, uh, the, you know, the overarching sense that we got both during the meeting and after the meeting was that, yeah, let's, let's see where this takes us. Could could you, um, put maybe a potential timeline on if, if everything goes to plan, how long something of this magnitude takes to go from concept now to, you know, writing it? Um, yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. Um, I was talking to somebody with one of the local bike shops a few years ago about this project uh, and, and related projects. And uh, I'd say that he was probably 20, 21. And he looked at me and said, oh, this is really exciting. So when, when's this all going to happen? And I said, well, hopefully in my lifetime. And he looked at me very earnestly and he said, well, how old are you? <laughs> yeah. And I said, dude, that's an expression. Hopefully in my lifetime, it's, you know, it's, yeah. I'm not, not t- trying to, you know, gauge the, the timeline of the, of the, uh, of, of the project on, on my life expectancy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he laughed, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it literally, this could be a 20, 30, 40 year project, but so was the, the river walk. I know. That's why I asked you. Cause I know that's only 35 miles and that took quite some uh, 20 years, 25 years. How long that took? Yeah, about 25. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, you, know, it, con- you know, the concept was way before that. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm working with some folks down in, um, 
uh, in the Athens, Georgia area who are working on a greenway that will ultimately go uh, from Athens, Georgia to Savannah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you look at their website, they have the different projects and the different elements and, you know, tied to a timeline and the last dates on their timeline uh, are 35 years from now. Wow. Uh, So in 2050 to 2055, this is what we plan to do. Uh So, you know, some people might say, well, you know, it's 30, 35 years from now. And why even get started? It's going to take so long. I don't think there's anyone in Chattanooga who would look at the river walk and say, man, we shouldn't have done this. It took too long. (laughs) Uh, you know, and if we wait 10 years, it's going to take 10 years more. Uh, yeah. So, you know, so the, um, uh, you know, I, I joke that, that, uh, you know, whatever we come up with for the, the tagline and, uh, the connector and for the chick chat and so on, uh, I, I only request that, uh, that we, we make it a uh, wheelchair accessible, um, <laughs> uh, because that may be the only way I get there. Yeah. Um, you, and we would anyhow. Yeah. You can do one of those recumbent bikes probably before the wheelchair. You should be fine. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Uh, Hey, you know, give me, give me a motorized wheelchair in you know, <laughs> e-chair. I can, you know, I can be pretty wild. What do you, what do you think about e-bikes? Oh, I love them. Okay. Uh, you know, it used to be that, um, you know, people scoffed at them Yeah, and, and some people still do, of mm-hmm. course. Um, I think more in the mountain bike world. We'll, we'll talk about that too. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting is that there have been studies done because a lot, a lot of people in the mountain bike world think that mount, uh, the e-mountain bikes, the e-bikes are going to destroy the trails. Yeah. Like a dirt bike is what they're thinking. Yeah. Um, and what they've determined is that e-bikes are softer on the trails because if you think about it, if you're coming around a corner, uh, you know, a switchback and you have an uphill that's coming, you're trying to get as much momentum as possible and you're going around that switchback and you're spraying dirt because you've got that momentum going. Uh, and, and maybe, uh, you know, you see, you see something up ahead and you have to slam on your brakes. Uh, you know, and yeah, and you hurt the trail that way versus an e-bike you just go at your own pace. Oh, there's an uphill. I'm just going to, you know, increase the power a little bit. Uh, and they have very, very little negative impact. Now, you know, there's different types of e-bikes, you know, there's category one or class one, two, three, and so on. And, uh, yeah, I'm not talking about the bikes where, uh, you know, you just turn the throttle and off you go. I'm not talking about mopeds or dirt bikes or any of those things. Uh, these are, you know, electric assist bikes. Uh, you know, in the bike tour business, at least at my company, we say that the E in e-bike doesn't stand for electric. It stands for equalizer. Hmm. Because what it means is that two people of dramatically differing abilities. Yes. Who never could ride together before now can ride together. Yes. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, and it's, um, 
Well, it's like a handicap. I used to be in a bowling league, mm-hmm. and um, I can bowl with people far better than me because I get a handicap, mm-hmm. and it makes the game fun for everybody. Right. Um, so I, I totally get that argument. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, in Europe, I'd say even five or six years ago, maybe 10% of the tour companies we worked with and 10% of the tours had e-bikes available. Now it's almost 100%. <coughs> Pardon me. And what's happened is that um, it's probably increased our business by 20 to 30%, not during the pandemic, but typically, uh, because people who used to not be able to go on bike tour holidays together in the past can now do that. Uh, so, uh, you know, it used to be that you know, there might be you know, a husband or a wife who was really into cycling and the other wasn't. Now they can ride together, whereas before they'd have to do something else or do separate vacations. I, I do want to say um, what I've seen personally. I've rode with some people on e-bikes, and um, um, there is a little bit of a downside, and in, in I want to ask you your opinion on this. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a too good, too fast. So um, I ride on the streets all the time, and I've put in my time to learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. And then um, I can take someone, put them on an e-bike, and they don't ride bikes. And all of a sudden, they're on roads with traffic, and they're not used to it. And, um, you know, they don't know to look behind you. They don't know to kind of warn you of debris in the road. And um, I I just feel um, with an e-bike, I just want people who are doing e-bikes to be aware of how dangerous the roads are and to not get, not go from the couch to 193 out towards Flintstone. Yeah. You know what I mean? What do you think about about well, that. first of all, I'd say don't go on 193 anyhow. Yeah. Go on Chattanooga Valley Road. Um, um, but, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I feel that everyone should take a bike safety and bike skills course anyhow, mm-hmm. uh, you know, e-bike or not. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, if, if you haven't been riding a bike and you get on an e-bike, uh, yeah, absolutely don't. Um, you know, let it be a, a shortcut saying, well, I don't need to learn how to do X, Y, and Z. You know, I don't, I mean, you do need to learn how to, for example, look over your shoulder or into a mirror. Uh, and if you are looking over your shoulder, you know, over your left shoulder, the tendency is to veer to the left. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, you need, you know, and if you're on an e-bike, you may be doing that faster and, and more accentuated fashion than on a standard bike. So, you know, so absolutely, uh, yeah, we also tell people that, uh, you know, if you're on an e-bike on a bike tour with other people, uh, it's a big no, no, uh, when you're going up a hill. Yes. Thank to, you for saying this, you know, to just, uh, you know, you know, come up from behind and, yes. and, and pass people, you know, it's, it's, um, an assist. It's not to make you look like a superstar. Because no one on an e-bike is a you know you know is there to be a superstar. You're on an e-bike, um, and you know I, I've done half Ironman. Yeah. But when I go over to Europe, I run an e-bike. You know, that's because I want to relax a little bit. Uh, and we also say that, uh, uh, you know, if you're on a, on a tour, if you're on an e-bike and you're passing, uh, you know, and you do for whatever reason need to pass someone who's on a standard bike. 
do not go nya 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 as you do. <laughs> you know, or sucker. I mean, this you know. There's all sorts of appropriate protocols with e-bikes. I, I need to hammer this point into the ground. Um, <clears throat> I th- if you're on an e-bike and you're riding without e-bikers, um, you're allowed to catch up and stay with. You can't pass. That's Absolutely. my. That's as and especially on a hill, mm-hmm. you just just don't do it. It's demoralizing for the people mm-hmm. who are um, putting in more watts. So um, that's just my little rant. I've, I've been on bikes, oh, I, I agree with you. And, and it's, <laughs> yeah. I like it being an equal. That you just, and and then the the bad thing is the the people with out the e bike, they're trying, they're they're trying to do their best. So um, it's like if they start going fast, you mm. don't have to you don't have to keep up with them. So mm. then so then everyone's it's the cat chasing his tail. Everyone or the dog, everyone's just yeah. at this ridiculous speed. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'm done getting off my soapbox there. Well, no, I mean, I, I agree with you. And, uh, uh, I mean, there's, uh, yeah, it's funny. I, uh, I live at the top of North market in Dallas, you know, North Chattanooga, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, significant hill. Yeah. And it's happened a few times where I'll be going up, you know, like from Publix or from downtown and inevitably, uh, you know, or quite frequently, I should say, there's someone who's behind me on a regular bike and my bike doesn't necessarily, especially from the back, have a profile that shouts, this is an e-bike. So, you know, they see this older guy <laughs> on a bike, you know, the gray hair going a little bit out from under the helmet, you know, a couple pounds overweight perhaps. <laughs> and, and, you know, they'll keep on trying to catch me. <laughs> and, and, um, and I don't intentionally, like then try to speed up when they come close to me. I'm just sort of doing my own thing, but you know, I'll, I'll hear someone come up behind me and, you know, huffing and puffing. And then let's see, you know, it, you know we hit a little bit steeper incline. It's like, oh. And so what I've learned to do is, is, is turn around and say, Hey, I'm on an e-bike. It's okay. <laughs> and they're like, Thank you. Oh my goodness. I mean, cause you know, their egos were being shot yeah. by this, you know, this older, uh, older guy on a bike beating them up the hill. Yeah. Like, well, the, no, I'm on an e-bike. It's okay. Well, first of all, they shouldn't worry about their, they shouldn't be worried about comparing themselves to everybody. I, well, I mean, it's a- absolutely true, but, um, it's just my, my, my little bit of charity each ride. Well, you're very kind. And the e-bikes are getting more and more. Um, uh, they can be getting more and more incognito. They're mm-hmm. hiding the batteries a little more. I've seen some that you can't hardly tell. you got to look at the hubs and, and the crank set and see what's going on. Yeah, and the batteries, uh, you know, some of them, the, the battery is going in the water bottle cage. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah and, uh, yeah, and some of it's it's within the wheel. I mean, you can't. It's hard. You really have to study it. I mean, heck, if you know, if someone can semi get away with it in the in the Tour de France, then yeah. Um, did that happen? Uh, some people say it did. Mm, what do you say? I actually don't watch the. I don't follow the Tour de France. I don't either. Uh, I I I. Uh, um, I'm not a racer. Mm-hmm. You said uh, you did half Ironman. Yeah, uh, I'm a finisher. I'm not a racer. <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, my goal is to is to get in above uh, ahead of the cutoff. Yeah. Uh, I've done two half Ironman, uh, and uh, I I was twelve minutes ahead of the cutoff uh, my first time, and and uh, or eight minutes ahead the first time, twelve minutes ahead the second time. Um, on the finish line. Yeah. They end at midnight, I believe, right? And well, no, it's a it's a um. Uh, you have to finish within us. I, I think it's like eight hours and 30 minutes. Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah. So it depends when you start. Yeah. Because it's a staggered start. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and um, so, you know, I've, I finished both that I started. That's great. And, um, um, it's, you know, always, always fun finishing a race and getting there. And, you know, you can see all the bike racks empty. <laughs> Because everyone's pretty much gone home. <laughs> You're painting a bleak picture. Um, but you know, my point is, you know, I, you know, I finished. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, same thing. I, I did a uh, a trail marathon up on uh, Raccoon probably you know, seven, eight years ago. And a friend of mine was at the finish line. I was the last one to cross the finish line. Oh, I was out there for a while. Yeah. Uh, it was one of these days that, you know, hit almost a hundred degrees. People were dropping like flies. I said, one way or there, I'm, I'm finishing this thing. So yeah, I crossed the finish line. My friends there and wait, and, was this Randy? Well, it's one of Randy's races, but it wasn't oh. and Randy's friend, but this isn't the friend who was at the finish line for okay. me. Okay. I think I heard, I might've heard this story from a different person talking oh. about you. Finish your story. I might, I might, yeah, keep, keep going. Okay, just, well, if, if they said that this guy is the most handsome guy who ever was in the race, <laughs> then it was absolutely Obviously, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, in this particular case, it was a, a friend of mine. was at the finish line. I crossed the finish line. I look, look at her, and I, and first of all, I look to see what my time was. Yeah. And I look over my shoulder, and you know, within about three seconds, they'd already unplugged the clock. They have been waiting so long and just wanted to get home. <laughs> So I couldn't even see what my finish time was. Um, and, uh, and then they said, oh, yeah, and everyone with the food left. So, so my friend was there, and I said, thank you so much for, for staying. Wow, you've been out here for a while. And she said, remember, this is up on top yeah. of Raccoon. And she said, yeah. well, actually, yeah, I went home, did some errands. <laughs> <laughs> I expected her to say, you know, went to Atlanta. Yeah. Yep. So she she probably had been down off the mountain for three hours and figured, okay, he'll be finishing about now, and, and she was right. Um, but as a full marathon trail running, that's a that's a big deal. Yeah, that's hard to do. It, it uh, it's it's hard to do, but I find it easier than road marathons. Road marathons just beat you up so much. Okay. Um, but I didn't start running until I was fifty, so oh. uh, uh, it's sort of a different it was a different phenomenon. I started uh, running when I was fifty and. Um, haven't done one. Actually, my last marathon was when I was sixty. So, yeah. Do you have any more uh, marathons coming up in no. the future? No. Uh, it, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, you know, may, maybe if I figure out what happens with my business. Yeah. Uh, when I, re- you know, I plan to retire this year, and if I had retired, I probably would have spent more time getting out on 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 the bike and doing some more triathlons and 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 doing some at least half marathons. Uh, just not enough hours in the day, mm-hmm. and um, so I, you know, I, I, I don't want to say, you know, never, but, um, you know, it's a, 
uh, it takes a lot of energy with any small business, but a small business for me that, that requires you to be scouting routes by bike. Yeah. That uh, takes time. It takes time and, and, uh, and doing again and again and meeting people along the route and then doing video. I mean, it's, uh, so do you ever uh, try to, do you ever try to scout by car? Does it just, oh yeah. does, okay. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll do some by car, but we also, um, there's something that's called uh, bikeways of the scenic South, mm-hmm. uh, scenicbikeways.com. And it's also one of the projects that, that I, uh, helped get off the ground a number of years ago. And it, uh, already has probably, you know, 30 or 40 of the best routes, uh, within 50 miles. Of Chattanooga. And they've been uh, of Chattanooga. Okay. Uh, Sequatchie Valley, Chattanooga Valley, uh, Northwest Georgia, uh, um, out in the Ocoee, uh, Teleco, um, uh, Hawassi area, mm-hmm. called the Three Rivers Way. So there's a, we're already starting with a lot of existing routes. Uh, but then, uh, you know, so we don't have to ride those as much or drive those as much. We can, ride and make notes of different things and see, well, maybe we want to change this and change that. Uh, one of the things that's exciting in putting together a bike tour company is, is sort of the concepts. So for example, uh, one program that we're, uh, looking at is a wine and bike tour of the, uh, Tennessee Overland uh, overhill area. Hmm, what's that? Um, so be going from vineyard to vineyard to vineyard, uh, uh, out in the area of, uh, you know, Bradley County, Polk County, Monroe County. Okay. Uh, and there are, uh, five or six vineyards out there and, and a number of farms. Uh, and I'm a big fan of farm to farm tours and farm to table, mm-hmm. uh, farm to table dining, especially if the table's on the farm. Yeah. Uh, you know, getting farms that, uh, you know, finding farms where maybe, you know, people can stay overnight as well. Mm-hmm. I like that. There's a there's a winery um, on top of the mountain outside of Dunlop. Have you heard of that winery? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you Have you been there? I've not been there. I, I know the one you're talking yeah, about. I just saw. I was riding out there and I saw yeah. signs. I, I I don't know many wineries in the area. Yeah, it's uh, you definitely have to do some googling mm-hmm. and then determine is it actually a winery or is it a wine store? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's a, it's not always so easy to tell. But um, yeah, and then there's Lookout Winery that is uh. Uh, sort of the south end of Sequatchie Valley into, um, uh, uh, I guess, you know, Marion County, Route 41 mm-hmm. there. So, you know, so um, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm finding is, is, you know, it's one thing to, you know, to ride for uh, exercise. I mean, this is nothing that I'm just learning now, but it's something else to just really look around and, um First of all, find things that I enjoy, but then make notes, uh, make note of things that other people might enjoy as well. Yeah. Uh, and there's, uh, I'm totally in love with Sequatchie Valley. Mm. Um, I, have to, I have to tell you what I did for my birthday last okay. year. I rode, I wanted to ride 200 miles on my birthday mm-hmm. and I did. And I rode all of Sequatchie Valley. So from here I took, I left this house and I took uh, downtown Southside. And I took um, oh, River Canyon Road, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. Well, past that creek. Then I got. Well, that's that's a horrible road. It's beautiful, <laughs> but <laughs> you're killing my route. Uh, oh, yeah, it is. I, no, I mean it's beautiful. No, it's... I, I don't mean horrible. I mean it's. I mean, you're <laughs> the terrain. You, the terrain. I mean, if you went up and over yeah. Suck Creek Mountain, 
you would not be climbing as much as you do on that rolling road. Well, I did not know that. Well. And, and you wouldn't be um, running into as many dogs as well. Yes. So, so I left. We left here. There's two of us. We left about three in the morning thinking the dogs would be asleep because it's um, dark. But we found out that not only are they still awake, now they chase you and you can't see them. So right. it's much more terrifying to, to hear the barking um, at your ankles. And then the, the little flip, flop, flip, flop, flip, flop on the pavement. Yeah, yeah. And the little scratching <laughs> of the toenails. Uh, and, In the dark. Yeah, and then the, and the, and the little panting. Yeah, it's not, it's not a great. Um, so we planned that a little incorrectly. But uh, once the, the sun came up, we entered um, Susquatchy Valley and we took... Oh, it's the west, the west side of the valley, all mm. the way up to Hedisasquatchee. We went to the actual spot where the cave is. The yep. water comes yep. out. The Hedisasquatchee, uh, the, the state park. Yep. And it's the, one of my favorites. It's great. And then we took um, the east side all clear all the way back mm-hmm. to um, Hills Bar. And then we took Cummins Highway. Mm-hmm. What is that, 41 or something? 41, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and and uh, that's actually a pretty big hill climb right there. I didn't realize. Yeah, um, so what are they called? The, uh, the stair steps or something like that. They... Is that a term? Or yeah, a because you're at 41, you go up, yeah. and then you're flat, then you go up, yeah. then you're flat. But you go more up than flat. Exactly. And we would have been better. We, it would have been flatter if we had done uh, Whiteside, mm-hmm. came, came on the other side of uh, Etna Mountain. Yeah. But um, I got my 200 miles in, um, ended the pickle barrel, as always. And that was, uh, that was my birthday. So I love Susquatchie Valley. Mm-hmm. It's a great place to ride. Yeah, I... Uh, uh, one of my favorite areas is doing sort of the, the Pikeville yeah. to head a Sequatchie loop. Uh-huh. You know, you know, go up um, Old 28 Yep, that's on the on the western side, uh-huh. and then come back on, on, on East Valley Road. So do you remember when there was a, a cute little cafe in Pikeville um, owned by some retirees from Florida, and they're closed now? Do you remember when they had that cafe open? Uh no, I mean, I, I know of some folks who are from Pikeville who have a, a bed and breakfast and, a, and an ice cream shop, though. Mm, there used to be a cafe right across, right downtown at that intersection with the, like the, the brick intersection. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was planning on my birthday ride to eat lunch there. Cause every time I go out there, I eat lunch. And it, mm-hmm. was, it was shut down. Well, you know, in Dunlop, there is the Cookie Jar Cafe. I haven't been there yet. Well, it's worth a, another birthday. <laughs> uh, it's uh, you know, it's your sort of quintessential southern country dining. Yeah, and it's just gorgeous. And they've embraced the whole concept of bicycle tourism uh, to the extent that they built outdoor restrooms oh, nice. outside the restaurant. So yeah. if they're closed, cyclists have a place oh. to change and go to the bathroom and so on. They've even thought that they might put up, um, you know, like a little. Um, uh, so their their version of the crash pad. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, you know, a little bunkhouse there for uh-huh. cyclists. Where's that located exactly in Dunlop? Uh, it is um, north of north of town, in between uh, Twenty Eight and East Valley Road. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, I got you. Um, I can't tell you the roads. Yeah, it's hard to have them all memorized. Have, yeah. have have you been up that road next to 111? I think it's called Jones Gap Road. Is that what it's called? The uh, one that parallels 111 going up. I I going back maybe about 15 years. I was with some people. Yeah. Who I no longer talk to. <laughs> because of that road. Yeah. <laughs> That's a nasty one. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I do talk to them, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, they're like, oh, Jim, you'll be fine. Uh. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's one thing I, uh, I've determined when someone says you know, it's going to be fine on a ride, you know, <laughs> you know, I look at them and say, I'm 66. If they're 25 yeah. and in incredible shape, Fine for them is not necessarily fine for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you need your incognito. That's when you need your equalizer bike. Yeah. I mean, e-bike would have made all, all the difference there. Um, but uh, I don't even know if e-bikes were around. Probably when not. I, when I did that ride, certainly not around here. But it was a... Um, um, but, yeah, I mean, it's... there's. Yeah, I, I don't want to downplay the attraction of all the European tours we have. Because yeah. Europe is amazing yeah and i've been riding over there for 30 years um, have you rode in the alps uh i've ridden in the alps and yeah little bits and pieces of alps uh probably in five or six different countries uh swiss switzerland austria france uh uh and uh slovenia what's your favorite area in europe to ride that's a really difficult question and it's one i'm asked a lot uh and if I'm, if I'm asked when I'm over there, my response is my favorite place is wherever I am. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I speak German and, uh, I've, uh, have lived in Austria and Germany. So, um, you know, Austria is my, my favorite place just because it's, it feels like home to me Yeah. in Germany to some extent as well. Um, Austria has the small beers though, right? Isn't the what? I'm sorry. The small beers doesn't, isn't Germany the big beers and then Austria right next door has small beer. I never notice it one way or the other. Oh, okay. Um, they always seem to be enough, <laughs> uh, and didn't hear anyone complaining. Maybe that's because they were having three to someone else's one. I don't yeah. Know. Who knows? Um, I'm, I've also become a huge, huge fan of the, of the Balkans, uh, especially, you know, Croatia. We have some bike and boat tours along the Croatian coast. They're oh. absolutely amazing. What, what do you mean bike and boat? What's the uh, ferries going? No, you actually uh, um, are on a, you know, 20 to 30 passenger uh, yacht and uh, you go place to place by either bike or by uh, by yacht and you, and you, uh, and you overnight in the, in the yacht. So you don't have to, uh, it's like you have a floating hotel. That sounds fun. Oh, it's, it's amazing. And you go places that you couldn't even go on a normal bike ride because you're going uh, from Island to Island. Basically you're going Island hopping a lot of, of uh, and it's, uh, it's really quite wonderful. Um, so I, I love Croatia. Um, uh, I love other parts of, of the Balkans as well. Uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina um, is, I mean, going back in time. And interestingly, one of Europe's most popular rail trails uh, uh, is in Bosnia. Hmm. Um, What's it, it called? Uh, the Ciro, C-I-R-O. Uh, it, is, um, it was built in the beginning of the 20th century, like 19... 19- 10, 1920, uh, by the Austro-Hungarian uh, monarchy. Uh, and I think it was used up until the 50s or 
60s. Um, and you know, over the last eight or nine years, I guess, has been converted into rail trail bit after bit after bit. So you can go from Dubrovnik uh, to uh, you know, well into Bosnia. Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting uh, route in that there are signs on, on both sides of the, of the rail trail in a couple locations that say, uh, stay on the trail. We haven't cleared all the mines yet. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Uh, um, and you see a lot of old train stations that uh, you know, were really damaged in the war. But what's happening uh, is that a lot of the train stations that were damaged during the war you know, in the 90s and have just been derelict and sitting there for a couple of decades now have been converted to hotels and restaurants to cater to uh, the cyclists who are wow. going through. Wow. Um, What's, so, so cycle tourism is having a dramatic effect everywhere. What, um, I really want, that sounds like so much fun. What would something like that cost? Um, you know, a one week tour, uh, I mean, there's a lot of different varieties to, uh, you know, to a, let's say to a one week tour. Uh, there are self guided tours, for example, that, uh, you know, you have the rental bike, mm-hmm. you have, the routes planned out for you. You have luggage transfers. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some cases, if you run into a challenge, there's someone you can call and they'll come out and help you or tell you what you need to do. And that can be uh, for a week as as low as um, you know, including with the lodging, eight hundred, nine hundred dollars. Uh, add a guide and a ongoing support van to that and a group. Then it can be you know, fifteen hundred, eighteen hundred, or, or even more. And what uh, kind of what kind of bike would you get? with that it's typically a, a hybrid touring bike uh-huh um i'm trying to compare it to something here i mean i have a a trek 730 okay. so be equivalent to that okay that do, that sounds pretty reasonable yeah when you consider that uh i would say on many of the bike tours that we have if you just went and booked the lodging and forget everything else yeah it will cost you more but because the bike tour companies we work with buy so many uh, room nights, they get a great price. So they can sell the tour for less than the lodging alone would cost, and they still make money. And you get the bike. And you get the bike, you get a guide, you get a support van, you get luggage transfers. Uh, and, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, a really great time. And, you know, we're, uh, you know, the United States we know is, is going to be more expensive yeah um because in great part well especially for a company like mine just starting out i'm not going to be able to buy thousands of room nights from a hotel you know i might be able to have 10 or 20 so they're not going to give me a special rate um you know whereas the european hotels that are you know selling by the hundreds of room nights to a, a given tour company you know they really can um you know give some some discounts um, but I'm really excited about putting together some routes in the United States. My favorite, uh, I shouldn't say my favorite, but I'm, I'm excited about may become our, our signature route is, uh, uh, will be Atlanta and or Athens to Savannah. Uh, also excited uh, looking at, you know, Chattanooga. Actually, it could potentially do uh, three weeks back to back where you could do uh, Nashville to Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. Maybe with a little bluegrass and country music theme along the way. Yeah. Um, 
uh, stop at Bluegrass Underground and, um, you know, maybe in Lynchburg for a little beverage. Well, actually not for a beverage because you can't buy the beverage there. You can only watch them make it there. You you actually can. You can buy... um, um, S- souvenir style. Yeah, um, but I mean, you know, in terms of a big drink. Nah, yeah, I can't. Yeah, um, it's ironic. Um, uh, yeah, and then from uh, uh, Chattanooga to Atlanta, and then Atlanta to Savannah. So three weeks of back-to-back tours, potentially. Uh, really excited about. Uh, are you are you going to be leading those tours personally? Uh, oh, some of them I will. Yeah, uh, but my hope is that. You know, we'll uh, have so much business that I will be hiring guides and, yeah. and other people, uh, because uh, yeah, it's not something that one person can do and make it economically feasible. Sure, it has to scale. Yeah, uh, what, what would the uh, ideal group size be on on those tours? Well, um, there's now and there's after the pandemic yeah. is behind us. You know, typically, uh, you know, in the past. Groups would be anywhere 8, 12, 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, now we're probably looking at four or six. Mm-hmm. The uh, well, One thing that we'll be doing that because of COVID is offering the opportunity for private tours. So if there's you know, like three couples who don't know each other, um, you know, we don't necessarily want more than that number of people on a tour. Uh, and we'll take seats out of a in rows out of a van and things like that, but you know, we just want to keep everyone safe. But if it's a bunch of people already spend time together, you know, if there's eight of them, ten of them, it it doesn't really you know we don't have to worry about contagion with them. I mean, you know, we have to look between them and our you know our staff and our yeah. staff and them. But it's you know we uh, uh, you know we'll be able to have larger groups. Of of people who know each other, mm-hmm. and you know, and you know, I shouldn't say who know each other, but who are who already spend a lot of time together. Com- yeah, comfortable being around each other. You yeah. know, there it's there it's that inner that group's inner circle already. Yeah, I mean basically. the ones who you know they're not going to be in any greater danger of infecting themselves on a bike tour. Yeah, than they've already been, you know, in their own home. Do Do you have any um? estimates of price that's gonna not be... yet that's still coming together and, and then since it's domestic is that um bring your own bike or rentals or both um we're hoping that a lot of people will bring their own bikes mm-hmm. uh we will have some rentals uh in fact we're partnering with a company in maine yeah that's going to come down to chattanooga um for about a six uh six to eight week or probably eight to twelve week period uh when it's too cold up there to do a tour, yeah, they're going to move their operation down here. So we'll have uh, 80 hybrid touring bikes, three uh, 15 passenger vans, and also some trained guides who come down here earlier, you know, to get to know the routes as well. Um, uh, you know, and also uh, hope to be partnering with uh, uh, an e-bike outlet in in Chattanooga, so people have an opportunity, uh, either their own bikes, their um, a rental e-bike or um, a rental hybrid and what and what we're really what's really exciting to me is that you um uh the number of bikes that people have purchased has doubled 
yes. in the past six months over the same period a year ago. Yes. Which means that a lot of people are interested in riding bikes. Uh, what also means is a lot of people are interested in riding bikes but are scared to ride their bikes hmm. um, you know, outside of their neighborhood or outside of the river walk. But they would love to ride in Sequatchie Valley, for example, if they just knew they were going to be okay. Yeah. But what's going through their head is, what if my bike breaks down? Yes. What if I break down? What if I get lost? This what if, what if, what if? So you know, one of our taglines is going to be, uh, uh, we take care of the what ifs. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't even necessarily need to be a group going on a tour. It could be two people uh, where they can contact us and uh, they can get a, um, an escort rider who will go with them. Uh, they can get a support van that will go with them. And or they can get a support van that will be on call if they run or a vehicle that will be on call if they run into any any issues. And, and when, when I say support van, it could be if it's just two people, it could be you know, a car with a with a rack. Yeah, that's all you need. Um, but try to um, really try to get people less concerned about what might happen by uh, you know, eliminating, you know, the the risks. Yeah. Uh, you know, so in, in some ways, we're looking at having, for lack of a better term, a, a bicycle tour concierge service. Mm-hmm. So it isn't just, hey, uh, I, I want to do that tour. Can you have someone ride with me? They could call and say, okay, this is what I'm interested in. Uh, you know, I've never gone more than 20 miles before um, because um, yeah, I, I only do the river walk or I only do my neighborhood. But I'm pretty sure I could do 30 miles but I'm not hundred percent sure I could do 30 miles. <laughs> what if I can't do 30 miles? Yeah. And what if, yeah. what if, what if, and yeah. You know, and I'm interested in, yeah, I sort of like the idea of Hills, but not too many Hills. And I, I like for there to be some really good restaurants. I like, um, um, I like farmland. So, and we have a conversation with them and say, okay, this is the tour. This is the route that we would recommend. And we can have someone go with you. Yeah. I like that a lot. I think there's, uh, you know, some business there. And I think also, you know, it's, it's, um, potentially good for, let's say use Sequatchie Valley again, as an example, there are some people, some cyclists in Sequatchie Valley, uh, who, uh, I'm sure would love to make a little bit of extra money, go out riding that they would have done anyhow, um, and ride with a couple people, two, four, six people, just to make sure they're okay and tell them about their valley. Yeah. Um, you know, or, you know, a, let's say a, um, you know, a retired person who be happy to be paid, you know, X number of dollars per person, uh, uh, just to be on call, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to drive out and do a rescue mission, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, and it could be, um, you know, I mean, let's say it's $10 a person and there's, you know, four people out there you know, on a given day. So they get $40 whether or not they need to do anything. Yeah. A little bit like bike rescue insurance. Yeah, pretty much. That's a very interesting concept. For your uh, tours that you're building, like from Nashville to Chattanooga, um, what what would you, how many miles a day would would those usually be um you know, we're looking at different options uh 
most of our clients in Europe uh, like to stay in the 30 to 35 mile range, mm -hmm. which I know to people like you who do 200 miles for your birthday is, you know, is, uh, <laughs> you know, the 35, that's, you know, that's what, that's what I do before breakfast as a warm up. Um, and, you know, and there's a really wonderful bike tour company in Chattanooga, Bellevue. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, bike tours that caters to um, a market people who are more uh, uh, experienced riders who want to go longer distances maybe you know, more um, uh, more challenging routes uh, and uh, Shannon Burke who who owns Bellevue and I you know go back to even before he started up here in Chattanooga so we're good friends we work together on the on the bikeways of the scenic south a number of other projects uh, and and when and one of the first questions I hear from people who know the both of us, well, aren't you competing with Shannon? And I'm, and I'm not. And I, and I, and I work closely with him to make sure that I'm not. Because mm -hmm. um, my market is going to be much more the leisure, casual cyclist. Where the idea of 30 miles, that might be the longest ride someone's ever done in their life. Yeah. And you know, I want people to finish their ride, not just with a sense of... Um, you know, all the wonderful things they saw, but with a sense of, I just did something I didn't think I could ever do because we gave them, you know, the sort of the, um, uh, you know, the safety net mm -hmm. just in case of the what ifs. And, and maybe because of that, that person who never thought they could do 30 miles, they did 30 miles with us. And now they're going to do 30 miles next week on their own and bring some of their own friends. Yep. So it's, this isn't just about uh, a business. It's really about a passion I have for getting more, more people out riding. Yeah. And you know, am I going to make money off someone who t goes off on their own and takes friends? You know, no, but you know, for you know, the decade plus that I've been working passionately on the concept of bicycle regional bike tourism here, it wasn't about money in the first place. It, uh, and if there weren't a pandemic, mm -hmm. yeah, I wouldn't you know, be forced to, uh, you know, turn it into a business in you know, what I'm doing into a business. Uh, but I think I can, uh, you know, both have a business and, and continue to serve the community. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Do you think that, is that kind of the silver lining of the pandemic is it's forcing you to do what you love domestically versus internationally? Um, I wouldn't call it a silver lining of the pandemic. I, I, I think tried. the silver, uh, I mean, no, I mean, there I are silver linings. No, I mean, yeah. no, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not being critical of that term because there are silver linings. Uh, yeah. Some businesses are actually doing better. Some are doing be pandemic. better. And I would look at, you know, um, you know, it's an the adjustment. fact that, you know, the number of people who own bikes has just doubled. Yeah. Like bike companies. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, and you know, so there are more people out there, right. You know, so there's a lot of, um, a lot of positives that especially in retrospect will say, oh, well, that's something good that came out of it. Um, uh, you know, in terms of, is it a positive for me? You know, frankly, I would, you know, I would love to just be out riding with a bunch of friends Yeah. and do this if I wanted to, as opposed to, I need to do this because, uh, you know, my company hasn't seen any revenue since February, you know, and we need to have revenue. I need to get nine 
people back to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and yeah, and it may be a combination of domestic and international, because you know, I may not ever be able to get all my employees back to work just doing the European stuff. Have you have you ever ridden all the way across America? Have you done anything like that? Um, it, it's interesting. I've done very little riding in America. I know this sounds very snobby, <laughs> but you know, if I have a it does. Yeah, in the past, if I've if it I've does. had a chance to. Um, yeah, if if I have a couple of weeks that I can go riding, you know, it's going to be in Provence or Tuscany <laughs> or Bavaria or the uh, or Slovenia or uh, one of my favorite places, uh, uh, Transylvania, going farm to farm in Transylvania. Yeah, um, it's it's Romania, right? Yes. Have you been over the pass? Uh, the trans what's the what's the road that goes over that pass the really tall one transfer restaurant i, no, I haven't it? done that one is that did i pronounce it correctly i don't know oh okay <laughs> yeah. i know the one you're talking about it's beautiful it's a beautiful road yeah yeah, yeah I, I have been uh, there's one in uh, slovenia that's incredibly high steep pass with a whole bunch of switchbacks it's called the versich mm-hmm. um and uh um Sorry, I'm out of breath. Just th- th- thinking, thinking, <laughs> thinking of the road. Yeah, thinking of the road. I understand. Uh, but then when you get to the top, it's this incredible downhill. Yeah. And uh, I forget the name of the stream. Oh, it's I think it's the, the the Zosha River starts with streams that are at the top of this pass. Mm-hmm. And by the time you're 18, 20 miles down, it's become an actual river. And then you can follow the river for 100 more miles or 60 more miles, you know, whatever it is. Um, but then I think, well, you can go to the Teleco River. Yeah. And do an 18-mile uphill. Yep. And then do an 18-mile downhill. Uh-huh. Which is what I did last Friday. Nice. And it's wonderful. So. Um, There's great places. We, you don't have to go to Tuscany. But there, there are, you can. But there are great places to ride around here as well. Yeah, you know, I, I would joke with people I'm, uh, who I'm riding with, let's say, uh, going down uh, West Cove Road or or um, uh, Hogjaw Road. Mm-hmm. I, I did that uh, two days ago. Yeah, uh, Hogjaw is mm-hmm. one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite rides, period. Yeah. You know, that loop down there. Uh, I'll be doing it Friday with a friend of mine. And Are you going to eat at Pigeon Mountain Grill after? Oh, I, absolutely. Yeah, it's part of the experience. You have to. Yeah, and if you don't eat there, you might as well not even ride. Yeah. <laughs> That's not <laughs> true. But, scrap it. Um, and actually, I'm working with a couple farmers in that area, uh, potentially doing a farm-to-farm day trip with like open houses on the farms. Oh, that's cool. Um, I like that. And this, um, all sorts of things that I can do with all this being in my backyard, as opposed to, um, you know, eight thousand miles away. Well, there is something to be said about riding in Europe. Um, I think the European, I'm just making this up. Tell me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I think the European culture for driving is much more friendly towards cyclists. So it can be a little safer than the mm-hmm. American um, culture drivers have towards cyclists. Yeah. I, I think as a rule, that is true. Uh, also, um, you know, starting in the 19, uh, late 1940s, 1950s, when America, you know, became, more suburb and exurb related or, or, or focused, um, you know, and car focused, it became very much more difficult to get from point A to point B mm-hmm. in the United States. Also, if you look at sort of the European model 
of cities and towns, they're much closer together. Yeah. Uh, in part, in some areas, it's because, you know, uh, you know, the cities and towns wouldn't be any further away than the king or emperor could go uh, by horse in a day. Yeah. Um, you know, so, um, I mean, here, you know, if you're going from, um, let's say from you know, Chattanooga, Evelyn to, even to, um, uh, you know, you know, out to Hamilton Place. How the heck do you do that? Whew. I mean, you don't. Um, uh, yeah, East Brainerd. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and you know, uh, you know, whereas Europe, you know, you, you can uh, not that they have many shopping malls, of course, but there's probably there are very few places in Europe that you can't get to on a bike. Uh, on a greenway yeah wow or on a data on a dedicated bike path a protected bike lane or a a bike route that's on a road that people are going to respect that their bikes on it Mm -hmm. i mean here uh um you have to be very selective especially you know as someone who's putting relative newbies in many cases out on the road i have to be very careful about the routes i select um, because, um, you know, safety always has to be the number one concern. Uh, you know, if it has to be slightly, you know, if, if, if five or six miles needs to be slightly less scenic, but dramatically safer, you know, scenic loses to safety every day. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cause, uh, you know, the last thing I want is does someone get, uh, uh, hurt or worse. Have you ever been hit by a car? That's amazing. Um, can you uh, guess how many miles you've ridden on the road in your lifetime? Oof. More than fingers and toes. Oh, for sure. I, I, I like, don't know how many thousands. I, I don't know. Yeah, you probably do a couple thousand a year would be my guess. Uh, I mean, I, I used to and hopefully will, but uh, um, yeah, I don't even, Yeah, I guess maybe a couple. I yeah, I've never it's really hard. tracked it. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I was training for things, I was too focused on my Garmin yeah. and less focused on how much fun I was having. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, I could, I could probably f- figure it out Let's sort of use some extrapolation methods. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I've had friends, uh, you know, in terms of cars, I've had friends hit by cars. I've had, um, uh, I mean, Knock on wood, uh, out of almost 30,000 clients, uh, we've not had, uh, uh, you know, one uh, death, and I don't believe any injury due to someone uh, getting hit by a car. We yeah. actually only had uh, one person die in 30, uh, 30 years, I mean, 30,000 people, and that was someone who died in their sleep on a barge, on a bike and barge tour. Oh, wow. And... I mean, not that I would wish death on anyone. Yeah. Uh, I think this person was late seventies, early eighties, or mid eighties, and um, and then I don't want to sound callous, but that's sort of how I want to go. Yeah, on a bike tour, on a barge, while sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, not necessarily on a barge, but you know, doing something I love. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I wouldn't want to, and I realized that puts a lot of my friends and so on, the hassle. Okay, now how are we going to get him home? Yeah. But, you know, so maybe... Uh, maybe on one of your domestic tours. Yeah, maybe on a domestic tour, yeah. Yeah. Or, heck, maybe just in my living room for that matter. <laughs> but um, but I don't plan, this is something I don't plan to, uh, to do for another 20 or 30 years, despite the, yeah, the guy who asked me, when is all this going to happen? I say my lifetime. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my guess is he was probably hoping I was my lifetime. Yeah. My life expectancy was 18 months. <laughs> so that all these, all these routes would be available. <laughs> I hope he wasn't. No, you, I you, don't think so. You got a lot of work to do because you got to get this tag going and this uh, chick to chick. What's it called? The, the, the chick chat. Chick chat. Yep. You got to get that. Make the circle loop. Do you know anything about getting that uh, South Chick Greenway finish to? Because there's that I don't know four or five mile stretch between where it dead ends and mm-hmm. picks back up towards uh, Camp Jordan. Yeah, it's they're working on it now. Are they really? Yeah. They, do they have the, all the land acquisition that yeah. they need? And yeah, they're putting out, putting down uh, boards for boardwalk. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, do you know when that's going to be finished? Um. I, I did know, but I don't know. I, I mean, it's it's imminent. You know, we're not talking years; we're talking months. Oh, that's so wonderful! I I had no clue. Yeah, and uh, let's put it this way: it's happening soon enough that I want to take the excitement from that and help that. Yeah. Make the concept of the chick chick chat explode. Yeah. Because when people realize that they can go from Saint Elmo to Camp Jordan to Camp Jordan, but then they have to go back. <laughs> Yeah. As opposed to keep on going. Yeah, because you're already more than halfway there. Right. In the loop. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, so I think one of the things that uh, uh, I'm also looking at is developing an on-road route from Camp Jordan that follow, will follow the, the rough direction that the Chick Chat would. Yeah. Um, so that we can have the Chick Chat loop and then maybe over a period of... 10, 20 years, bits and pieces of that loop move over to a greenway and off yeah. the road. That's that's another good way to tackle it. I might just do that ride next week just to see well, what it's like. That'd be fun. Map it for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll try that. Do you, you know where I want a bike lane and a walking lane um, across the bridge um, right by the um, the dam at the beginning of the the river trail? Mm-hmm. To get so Hickson and Lepton City can access this, you know, the river trail and everything. Yeah. So the uh, um, was it the uh, CB Robinson Bridge? Yes, that's the one. Yeah, I mean that that's been on the radar for a number of years. Uh, T dot uh, hasn't allowed it because you know for a number of reasons. Uh, but every time they come up with a, a couple of reasons. There's some folks who come up with some alternatives. Yeah. Because something that we haven't even talked about is one of my projects is a North Shore Greenway uh, that would go um, from basically from Whole Foods to the uh, uh, to the North Chick, mm-hmm. uh, going through um, uh, Red Bank, mm-hmm. and then across into Hickson. And uh, um, would that, that be also old railroad tracks, or would that be on the road? A combination. Okay. But it's conceptual. Yeah. At this point, we've done feasibility studies, and um, that's a project I started about seven years ago with the rest of Trails Conservancy, brought mm-hmm. them in, uh, looking at a number of different routes. Um, so, 
Um, yeah, and some of it may be as straightforward and simple as uh, you know being on road, but lowering the speed limit and putting up signs. Yeah, you know, and road markings. Yep. So there's a lot of things that can uh, can happen, but it's yeah, there's a uh, and that if we were to do get that North Shore to North Chick Greenway um, done then what you'd be able to do is cross over on CB Robinson bridge and do, do the North shore greenway and then connect to the river walk. Yeah. Yeah. And do a loop that would go through red bank and Hickson. Also what it would allow you to do is go from, you know, the Northern part of the North shore, uh, you know, Hickson, Saudi, um, uh, red bank and so on, and not have to end up going through the red bank tunnel. (laughs) Cherokee Tunnel, I think. Yeah, the Cherokee Tunnel. Yeah, depending on which direction you go, it's the Cherokee Tunnel or the Red Bank Tunnel. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, um, they at least have those little buttons you can press to to flash the lights that say a cyclist is in the tunnel. Yeah, it's um, that's better than nothing. I think what you know, I'm not sure if it is better than nothing. Oh, really? I, I think in some ways it's alert, alert. You know, get your aiming mechanism in play. Oh, so you can. Oh, jeez. Uh, I know one guy, he used to work at a, at a store uh, in Red Bank, and I went to the store, and he was on crutches. I said, what happened? He said, I was going through the tunnel, I got hit. Oh, my goodness. And um, it's a store I didn't go to that often, and maybe about six months later, I walk in, and he's still on crutches. I said, it's taking a long time to heal. He said, no, I got hit again, going oh, through the tunnel. Wow. I said, dude, I think you need to stop going through the tunnel. Yeah. The the work oh. the workarounds are kind of it's tempting because the workarounds aren't that great. You can go through Stringers Ridge, but that's going to be a better option pretty soon because they're building a connector trail to White Oak Park. Where's White Oak Park? Uh, White Oak Park is uh, Memorial Drive and and uh, yep. Um, so you'd be able to go from from Red Bank. Uh-huh. Um, you know, there's a whole dog park. Yeah, and yeah. All that. So you'd be able to go uh, from White Oak Park uh, on a trail that'll be designed specifically, um, uh, not necessarily for a road bike, mm-hmm. uh, but you'd be able to go on a hybrid bike. Not, you wouldn't need a, wouldn't need a mountain bike. That's great. Uh, eventually it might end up, there might be an asphalt trail, but it, it initially probably be, be packed dirt or packed, um, packed gravel. Well, you know, I don't even really know that many people who do solely road biking. Most most of the guys I ride with, they were gravel bikes mm-hmm. with road tires or hybrids or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, gravel is the... Especially with the guild around here, you know, uh, it's good to have a bike that can go on some dirt. Yeah. Yeah. It's more comfortable. Absolutely. Yeah, and unless you're training. Which yeah. We've talked about training. You have a little more fun if you're not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot more fun. Yeah. Well, um, I do want to ask you... Uh, well, okay, so this North Chick um, Greenway you want to do, yeah. um, have you worked with the Cumberland Trail people? Because I th- believe the Cumberland Trail people are trying to bring that down t- into downtown somehow, and one way could be through the North Chick, um, getting that all the way towards Hickson along the, the North Chick Creek. Yeah, not on an ongoing basis, but I've been in some meetings, and not specifically with them, but with the with some of the other local folks here that are involved with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Well, um, we can wrap this up. Thanks for coming over. I oh, my pleasure. I absolutely love talking to you, and I, I want to go riding with you. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I wish you the best in your Thank domestic you. bike tour. Sequatchie Valley, if you promise not to drop me. I will not drop you. I have a hard rule. I don't drop people. Okay. And um, I would appreciate if uh, friends I ride with would do the same for me. <laughs> but I don't, yeah. Yeah, I don't like to drop people because I like to ride with people. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, um, because there's always someone who's faster or slower than you. Exactly. So if you're, um, you know, if if you drop someone today, someone's going to drop you tomorrow. Yeah. It's karma. Yeah. Yeah. That let's that's a uh, good words to speak by. Yeah, and just uh, you know, don't ever get hit by a karma. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll try not to. Uh, thanks for coming. It's a pleasure talking to you. Likewise. Thanks so much. All right. Bye. And there you have it. That's Jim Johnson. Quite the ambitious guy. Um, If you like the podcast, please tell all your friends and your buddies and the people you know so they can also listen to it and like the podcast. And you can leave a five-star rating or even better, write a review on Apple Podcasts. That's very helpful with the analytics and all that kind of jazz. Otherwise, enjoy your week, and I'll see you next Friday. Bye.